0: The Air Force Gorilla Fund International is dedicated to the conservation and protection of gorillas and the habitats in Africa. To be able to accomplish our mission, we have developed an integrated conservation model which has four pillars. The first one is daily protection. Daily protection is done through uh, the presence of our staff in the park. So we have trackers who go to the park 365 days a year. Their work is basically to monitor the gorillas, to follow each and every gorilla group that we are in charge of. Also, we have two dedicated anti-poaching teams who are in the forest also every day, moving snares and other threats to gorillas and other animals of the park. second one is scientific research. We are the world's longest-running research centre. We have been studying mountain gorillas for over 50 years. Our research work doesn't focus only on the gorillas, also the rest of the park. So we want to be able to understand the gorillas and their ecosystem. Information that comes out of the research that we do really informs conservation policies in this country. Pillar number three is training of future conservation leaders. We're able to reach over 400 students from higher learning institutions in Rwanda, the work that we do is basically to provide skills to young scientists that would really enable them to continue the work of the School Gorilla Fund. Our fourth pillar is helping communities. This is important because we know effective conservation requires support of local communities. We work closely with communities who live close to the gorilla habitat and uh, we support their education, health, and also provide uh, alternatives because some of these communities are affected by poverty and they depend on park resources so we want to be able to provide alternatives so that they don't go in the park. It is such a great honor to be the first Rwandan Director of Karisache Research Center to follow in the footsteps of Dan Fosse and all these other great scientists all these other great conservationists but I'm not the only Rwandan who works at Social Research Center. In fact, 98% of all our staff are Rwandan. Two videos today.
1: Hello.
2: Chat. Yes, everybody at TV. right? We're doing a gorilla podcast today. Um, Don't actually do that. Okay, I'm very, very excited for today. I had a test call with our guest. She's absolutely lovely. Um, She's based out of the UK, so it's evening for her, but I'm excited that she's coming on. Um, She was recommended to us by Dobby by Dr. Dobby, um, is a friend of his and they met in Rwanda, um, Warm Jackets, thank you for the sub, Grim, thank you for the $3, appreciate it, um, oh geez, Conch with $23.71, thank you so much, and Koopa, again, with $77.77, okay. So today we're talking to Dr. Robin Morrison. Um, she is a postdoc reach, postdoc researcher, and she studies gorilla social behavior, social complexity, territoriality, and the evolution of cooperation in gorillas. Um, during her postdoc, she was splitting her time between the Congo and Cambridge, um, doing this research. So she has a lot of really really interesting experience, um, and I'm really excited to learn about it. I-, I read some of her research this morning, and it is fascinating. Um, I mean, fascinating. Thank you for the $10, Nicholas Opossum with $10. Um, one of the things that I read that I thought was really interesting that I'm excited to learn about is they've, on this website or on the the website from her research, it says some gorilla bonds, some gorilla social bonds may be analogous to old friendships and tribes and humans, um, says researchers. So we're going to talk to her about how complex uh, the social dynamics between gorillas are. Thank you for the four months. And Kenny with $20, jeez. All right, so you guys saw the, um, you saw the two videos that I played this morning. Um, I wanted to, more Donos, Adam with $3. Thank you so much. Lazy with $5. Thank you so much. They're coming in a little slow. Sorry. Morning. Sorry. It feels like morning because it's, like, gloomy outside, I think. Um, it's, like, not ridiculously hot in Texas. I don't know. Um, Lazy, thank you for the $5. And Warbur with $20. Thank you so much. Okay, $172 is going to the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund. If that name sounds familiar, um, it's because Sweaty with $30. Um, if that name sounds familiar, it's because this is the organization that Dobbins selected um, for i think it was Dobbins, right? I think Dobbins tell me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Dobbins. um so we've raised money for them before, and I'm absolutely thrilled about raising money for them again. They're the world's largest and longest running organization fully dedicated to gorilla conservation, but not only do 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 they do gorilla conservation. They do much more, and you saw it in those videos from from the intro. Um, they do daily protection, they do research, they do they educate conservationists uh within those countries. Dis, thank you for the five dollars. Hide Rager with fifty Hide rager with fifty dollars and dis with five dollars. Thank you so much. Um one of the reasons that I love this organization so much that Dobbins does and why, why Dr. Morrison does um, is because they understand the importance of working with local communities um, in, in being effective in conservation, in sustainable conservation. Um, so that piece where they're helping communities, where they're getting in schools, where they're educating conservationists locally is super, super important. And I had a conversation with Dobbins about this the other day, and um, that that's a piece that's missing in conservation. Uh quite often, um, because when it comes to conservation, the research is not uh and not is not enough to to make the changes that we need. Cinny, thank you for the five dollars. so for the podcast today um I'm sure there will be lots of questions. It's a super super interesting topic. If you have questions, Nick, thank you for the five dollars. If you have questions, you can do hashtag ask followed by your question. it'll send it into a uh, it'll send it into a document for me. Alex, thank you for the $20. Um, It'll send it to a document for me uh, so I can ask or I can relay those questions to Robin while we're having our conversation. Speaking of the conversation, at the end of the podcast, there is a quiz. Um, The quiz is based on the conversation and what we learned within this hour today with Dr. Morrison. Um, It's five questions. There are 20 seconds per question. Uh, The way that you win the quiz is if you answer right the fastest, then... uh, then you win. Springy. Thank you for the $10. Um, but there's no penalty if you don't do well on the quiz. You don't even have to participate in the quiz. But if you do, if you win, if you're LT with $20, if you win, um, you get a gifted sub to my channel if you're not already subbed. If you are already subbed, I will gift you a sub to a channel of your choice, or you can ask me to donate an additional $5 to the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund today. Mig, thank you for the tier one. way with $6. Thank you. Appreciate that. Pablo from the Backyardigans tipped $5. Love that. Thank you so much. You don't get banned if you lose the quiz. Don't listen to SG.
1: Okay. And Esmond
2: with $26.72. That's huge. Thank you so much. Huge donations today! Thank you. Um, so these donations are going again. It says it right there. Uh, you can do command org if you want more information about where your donations are going. You can do command guest if you'd like to be taken to Robin's socials. Um, another fun thing about the podcast today
1: is, oh my god, Echo Scope
2: with a hundred dollars. Echo thank you so much <laughs> holy shit um another fun thing about the podcast today is robin has sent quite a few pictures for us to look at so some of our conversation will be based off of um the photos that she sent and there are also some videos that we may watch along the way josh thank you for the 10 um so there may be a little bit less time for questions today it may be less like just answering viewer questions and more like looking through pictures but i think that'll be really fun too Um, so, so I'm looking forward to that. Razor, thank you for the $20. Holy moly. And shut up, Leonard, with $20. And we've hit our $500 donation goal before I've called up Robin. Speaking of which, are we ready to call up Robin? Am I missing anything? It looks like the hypers is coming out of the microphone. That's fun. No? We're good to go. Okay. Give me um, a minute. I will be back with Dr. Morrison. Thank you for the donuts. How's it going good how are you
1: yeah good
2: all right chat you gotta tell me how the audio is um i didn't hear an echo earlier she's a little loud okay i'll turn you down you oh, yeah. <laughs> no, <you're fine. laughs> um better are we good
1: oh i should probably say something
3: shouldn't i
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um could you turn huh? me down a little bit on your computer because i can hear myself now
3: Yes. You're talking to me?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: thank you. Okay, Killer, is that better? I think so. Killer, thank you for the $30 donation. Jeez. Um, we're getting donations really, really fast today. Um, Ham was $75. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I gave them a Ooh, short introduction. We watched, uh, we watched two of those videos that you sent um, of the overview, and then um, the second Diane Fossey video. Uh, and then I kind of introduced you and what you do, but I would love it if you did it, because I'm sure you could do it better.
3: I mean, I heard a little bit of it. It sounded Oh, okay, good. good. Uh, but yeah, so I've been studying gorillas, I guess, for the last six years now. I basically finished my undergrad degree and, like, headed off to the forest to study gorillas. Um, Very cool. Pretty fun. Uh, uh, and I loved it, so I kept going. Um, but really, I, I study kind of all of their social behavior. So they kind of live in family groups. So I look at kind of all of the different social dynamics with those groups, but then also like how those different groups um, socialize with each other. So how they share their space and like when they interact with each other and when they're kind of aggressive to each other and when they're like nice to each other, all that sorts of stuff. Um, and I do it to look at a little bit about kind of understanding gorillas better, a little bit kind of understanding about social relationships in animals generally, and like why, why kind of friendships evolve. What is the kind of the benefit to having friends? And there's so many of them.
1: Um, so and then we
3: kind of human, human social behavior. So we're kind of pretty pretty special, pretty unique that we have like all of these friends across all, all of the world and all these different places. And we like cooperate in a way that you just don't see in other animals. Um, so I'm looking at kind of what elements do we actually see in in gorillas because they're so closely related to us, um, and what what kind of things are like unique to humans and and where to kind of are really like unusual social behaviors. Where do they come from, and what what do we have in common with other animals?
2: That's so neat. Um, <laughs> Wicked just tipped a hundred dollars. Uh, Wicked, thank you so much. So speaking of which, we're at seven hundred and ten dollars and twenty cents. Um, for for the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund, can wow. you? It's crazy, huh? It happens <laughs> super it. fast. <laughs> I know. That's what nice. I'm saying. Um, that's amazing. So, why would you pick this organization? You do some work with, or you do a lot of work with them, right? Yes. Yeah.
3: So, at the moment, um, I, w- I get to work with them full time, which I love. Oh, cool. And yeah, they. I mean, they're the real like, yeah, yeah. they. In terms of kind of gorilla conservation, they were there from kind of the very beginning, and they've. Really, like one of the only, well, one of the most successful primate conservation charities there is. So, when you look at kind of the stories of of primate conservation around the world, it's it's mostly quite sad, and that's really because I mean people are having to deal with so many difficult situations going on. But um, one of the things I love about the Dian Fossey Gorilla Fund is that they've found a way to kind of involve communities and kind of the, the government of Rwanda and everyone together. And it's actually managed to kind of increase gorilla numbers within the last few decades we're building towards this kind of sustainable population which is really exciting um but they're also kind of then working with a lot of other charities to look at how kind of how they can use what they've learned and their kind of successful conservation within rwanda and expand it so now they're in the last 10 years they've been working with growers gorillas a lot too and grouse gorillas I mean, they're really struggling. So there's, I think there's just under 4,000 of them left in the wild now. Um, but that's like uh, 80% less than they used to be. So kind of 20 years ago, there were like 20,000. And so they're declining really, really rapidly. And so it's kind of using their expertise and kind of the talents that they've got in Rwanda to then kind of try and use that somewhere else and help another population of gorillas that's really struggling. Um, so. okay. Lots of great things going on there.
2: Yeah, um, they're. I
3: can tell you, the money will be very well
2: spent. Good. They're they're a wonderful organization. It's actually the same organization that Dr. Dobbins selected when he was on the podcast, which is awesome. Um, so the community knows of them, kind of, but it's been a while since we talked about them. Um, the Growler Gorillas are those the ones that you sent in these DMs, or are those different?
3: Yes. So they were the, in the second video. That was all oh. about the Growler Gorillas. But I've actually not worked with the grouse gorillas. I've worked with two different species of gorilla, but not yet with the grouse gorillas, but I'm hoping in the next kind of few years, I'll be able to go over. Um, So they only live in Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, And the Fosse Fund works in an area there where they really protect their habitat, but they're actually not a habituated group there. So those, the gorillas that they work with there aren't used to humans. And so you can't just kind of, walk up to them and observe their behavior Mm -hmm. so the way they they study them there is really exciting because they kind of follow along the trails from the day before and like look at where they've been and what food they've been eating but they don't kind of habituate them to human contact because that can actually be really dangerous for the gorillas themselves too Mm -hmm. so if people aren't there to kind of protect them and they're used to human contact then that can put them in, in quite dangerous situations
2: okay um, but, so you studied gorillas in the Congo, is it this video, the Vimeo one, and I, I don't really want to try to pronounce the name because I'm going to absolutely butcher it, the, the clearing. Yes, yes, yeah, so this
3: is, this is in Belibai. Okay. Um, it's really, it's really cool place I got to go, and you'll see it kind of in the video, um, and this is Western Lowland Gorillas and there's basically, basically this clearing in the middle of this really dense forest and you come out into this amazing clearing and what we do is we sit there and we watch all the gorillas that come into the clearing so it's really different to kind of everywhere else and worked the gorillas work like instead of trekking through the forest to try and find the gorillas you just kind of sit and wait for the gorillas to come to you which is crazy
2: that's so neat really i have the video fun. up right now um oh. playing it so what what were your days like when you would do the research out here
3: Really, really weird, honestly. It was, I, I was there for like four months and it was the strangest four months of my life. But we, so we were camping on this platform. Um, and there was like a top level to the platform where we'd do all the observations, and then there was a level underneath where we'd have our tents. So I'd wake up in the morning at like 6 a.m. when it got light, and sometimes I'd like open up my tent and look out, and you could just see elephants like walking past in the clearing. That's so insane. Cool. Um, But that was also really stressful, because you wake up at six and go, oh, the elephants are already here, so then we'd like scramble up to the top deck and try and identify. So we had to individually identify all of the elephants that used the clearing, and then also all of the gorillas. Uh-huh. And the gorillas are quite nice, so the gorillas are kind of like us, they're like, 6am is a little bit early for them, you know, the sun comes up, they wake up slowly, they might wander into the clearing by like 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. But the elephants are like super early, so they were always stressful. we would be like, up at 6, I'm doing all the elephants, and then it would suddenly get to kind of 8, they're like, okay, the elephants are done, we'll maybe <laughs> have some breakfast, We we'll have some breakfast, you know, chat a little bit and see if any gorillas turn up soon. Um, that was really weird, and some days like nothing would turn up, and then other days there'd be like some gorillas in one corner and some elephants in another corner, and then another gorilla group comes in, and it's just mayhem because that we be, there's usually kind of two or three of us on on this um, platform trying to ID all of the different animals um, and trying to do it all at once, and there's like one really good camera, and you want to try and get a really good camera and make sure you've like, got a shot of everyone, so you checked who, which gorillas are there and which elephants are there, and it was it was total mayhem but also like really peaceful and lovely as well and that yeah, video is
2: beautifully made too That's so cool.
3: yeah I mean like all of the animals that I got to see there um yeah it was amazing um, really really good cool
2: place we got wait so Bradders with $50 uh ehas with 40 frozen with $3 so 768 dollars. thank you so much um so were you studying elephant social behavior as well
3: yeah, so a little bit. Okay. I so I went there for the gorillas, mm-hmm. um, but but really like you study the animals that are there, and the gorillas right. come and the mm-hmm. elephants come, and so I am working on a project on the elephant social behaviour too, because um, they are quite interesting. So the elephants there are forest elephants, mm-hmm. and so we really know almost nothing about forest elephants because they're quite they they basically live in this really dense forest, so they're really hard to study, and they move in really small groups, of maybe kind of. It's usually just the mother and maybe one or two offspring and then the males move separately and so we really know almost nothing about them and there's a few studies where people have put um, put collars on them to sort GPS trackers to mm-hmm. see where they go but other than that we just we just know nothing about them so what we what we do know can be from from these forest clearings like a yeah where we can see what they do when they're in this clearing so we can say okay we know some of We've got like some clues as to what's going on. Um,
2: Are these the tents that you stayed in, the picture that you sent?
3: Oh, let me know which pictures. Is this a the one like, in there's the middle
2: like a of the blue forest? tarp? Yeah, there's a blue tarp above it and two little tents and like a little. <laughs> no,
3: this is, this
2: is when. So, this is actually in another
3: place when we were doing, we did a big camera trapping project as well. So, oh, okay. this is when you put those little motion activated cameras up all over the forest. And that was like our temporary camp. So we'd walk, we'd walk for like a couple of days and then set up a temporary camp and then try and find places around that camp where we could put up cameras. Um, and that, that was actually the hardest, that is the hardest field work I've ever done. It was it looks so
2: very hard. cozy. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was like carrying all your stuff on your back. And then like, I don't know if you can see in the photos that my, the, the research assistants I worked with were amazing and they could like build that you can maybe you can see like a bench and like a little yes. table that they uh-huh. made out of like tiny branches um those guys were amazing but but it was it was pretty horrible conditions Often so smart. once <laughs> yeah so sometimes the the really bad things were when like either the ants found you or the wasps found you oh At the geez. ants came it was just like The whole floor was covered in ants, and they would—they were like biting fire ants.
2: Oh my gosh, not great. And not great great at
3: night as well, and they sneak into your tent. Um, But usually, you can like—they don't like fire, so you can get them with like the embers of the fire. But the wasps were horrendous. Like sometimes the wasps would just find the camp, and they'd be like. 400 wasps just flying around the camp and i'd like hide in my tent and i'd be oh my in my gosh. tent and be like i need to go make some food i don't want to go out and make food because i'll be stung and then i'd be like okay i'm gonna make my food i'm gonna get stung a few times and then i'd like run to the river and lie in the river eating my food because oh my I god you while you're the river. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite grim but worth it in the end we got some like great Create uh camera trap footage of gorillas yes. but so that, that was uh,
2: hard i have a photo up fun. of what looks like a, a camera trap you setting up a camera trap very cool
3: yes yes yeah. so that is yeah that's what we were doing when we were kind of camping that was kind of the goal was to find these areas where we could put up these camera traps um cool. and it's actually it's a really cool area where the gorillas there they like feed on roots so they dig around there's these really big trees um called Maranta and they dig up the roots of those trees and they kind of clear the whole area around the tree which makes it great for us to camera trap there because you can actually see stuff rather than like really dense forests where you don't see anything that's um, cool yeah that was the goal so that's why we had those like those camps when we were just kind of trekking around the forest um But it wasn't all terrible. I mean, sometimes there were ants, sometimes there were wasps, but sometimes there was like a a chimpanzee troop nearby and you could kind of hear them at night and like just actually camping in the proper, proper forest where there's like no one around was pretty incredible.
2: That sounds amazing and terrifying. Great, thank you for (laughs) that. Thank you for the (laughs) fifty dollars. Um (laughs) and (laughs) the Simp Mom with thirty dollars, thank you so much. Um oh shoot, I just lost my train of thought. No. Um oh I was gonna ask you. So studying you with fifty two dollars. Um, that brought us to nine hundred dollars. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's going what up really fast. Thanks. Yeah. Um, thank you guys wow. so much for, for your donations. I appreciate it a lot. Um so studying gorilla behavior, what what is, what's important about doing that?
3: Um, I mean, there's lots of angles kind of why it's interesting so one is that like it helps us understand our own behavior better and Mm -hmm. kind of how we evolved um but there's also like lots of conservation reasons for why it's important so um one thing i look at is kind of how gorillas different gorillas interact with each other and we can use these like networks that i build based on how often they're interacting with each other to look at how disease outbreaks would spread through a group and so who like which gorillas are at the most risk of different diseases and at what sort of times and kind of if there was an outbreak, what would be the most useful thing to do to try and kind of prevent them all catching a disease. Um, That's one thing. The other thing is that kind of social relationships are really important for our our health and our immune system and even our survival. So like in humans, it's as important as things like um, alcohol, Smoking, obesity, physical inactivity, all of those things are really important for our health, but that, but our social relationships are actually just as important. And so we can study this in gorillas and learn about kind of what, what types of social relationships are really important for them and what helps them improve their health and kind of what sort of decisions do they make in their like social environments that improve their health and their fitness.
1: Okay. All those sorts of things.
2: That's so interesting. And I read, like, I didn't read very deep into it, but it's far more complex than most people think. Their yeah. dynamics. Yeah. So, in the past, I mean, partly it's just because it's
3: really hard to study gorillas. Um, so, people kind of studied the dynamics going on within a single group. Mm-hmm. And then, what we found in kind of the last five years or so is actually there's a lot of complexity in how they interact with other neighboring groups. And so they do seem to have kind of preferences in who they interact with, which other groups that they, they interact with. And that can influence kind of how they share their home ranges with those other groups. And it can also, influence whether they're aggressive or not. And so things like, um, like infanticide is really common in gorillas. And that's when kind of a male, either a, a solitary male or a male from another group will be really aggressive when they come into, when they kind of interact with another group and they'll end up killing some of the really young um, gorillas, oh, which is obviously awful um, and terrible, really difficult for the kind of conservation because if we lose all of these young gorillas, then it's hard for the population to increase. Um, uh, so studying kind of what what kind of spatial dynamics are going on, what sort of social dynamics are going on when those sorts of things happen, um, maybe how much space do gorillas really need to kind of minimise that sort of thing. Let's
2: see, cool um also one of the things that i found really interesting on the website that's in your twitter bio um this top like bolded thing that says some gorilla social bonds may be analogous to old friendships and tribes in humans so it's like it's it goes past that generation it's like passed on is that am i reading that correctly
3: yeah so they can be really long lasting so one thing we found in in um some of the research we're doing quite recently is that Like, guerrilla groups, when they get really big, they can end up splitting apart. Mm -hmm. Um, But those kind of, the sort of friendships between those groups that have have split apart actually stay for kind of years afterwards. So we found kind of 10 years down the line, those guerrilla groups were still much more friendly to each other than groups that hadn't split from each other. So it seems like it's, it's not just kind of those individuals when they're together, but it's also like the the offspring of those individuals are kind of learning that that's a friendly group and
2: that's so interesting those guys
3: but not those other guys around the corner because we don't like them
2: wow that's amazing um silly thank you for the five dollars meg with twenty dollars mad with twenty dollars um nine hundred and forty five dollars thank you so much um okay so there have been lots of questions wait did we go through all these pictures another okay you also sent a photo of is this the school the diane fossey gorilla fund international
4: yes
3: is this the picture and there's just like loads of people
2: yes yes um, yeah so
3: this is one the one of the things i really love about diane fossey gorilla fund is that it's so many people and it like it blows my mind how many people so this is just everyone that's doing kind of the day-to-day work and mm-hmm. it's like all of the people patrolling the forest making sure there's no poachers people working in the communities doing the education it's people like me doing kind of all the science in the background like logging all of the data and analyzing stuff and there's so many people and like places i've worked before there's been maybe like four or five people mm-hmm. trying to gorillas and here it's like there's like a hundred of us
2: yeah it's amazing that so we can
3: follow all of these different groups and we know everything about what they're doing um, and it's, yeah, it just blows my mind that there's so many of us and also that I'm just like this tiny cog and there's all these people collecting amazing data about gorillas and learning about gorillas and I get to do fun stuff with all of that data. But it's like I'm, I'm chatting to you here now, but everything I do is for like all of those people, what they're doing every day.
2: Just- right. Such a cool organization. Um, if you are just getting here, if you didn't see the introduction, um, the donations today are going to the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund. You can do command org if you want to get to their website. Um if you want to get to Robin Socials you can do command yes. Um so yeah, that's that's what we're talking about today. Um okay, so there have been lots of questions. Oh my gosh, lots of questions <laughs> that have come through the chat. I just I hadn't opened the doc until now. Um okay, so maybe we can go through some of these uh and let me find a good one to start with. Uh Max asks, what's your favorite type of gorilla? Maybe a hard question.
4: Oh, I got two. Don't make me two.
2: Well, how many, how many are there? I'm, I actually don't know oh, that yeah. much. Good. Oh. That's a very good question. So there's
3: four. Okay. Um,
2: well, okay. So there's
3: two species and then four subspecies.
2: Okay. Um,
3: and so there's the cross river gorilla and the western gorilla in uh, western. Africa. <laughs> there
4: we go. And then there's
3: the mountain gorillas and the grouse gorillas in Eastern Africa. Mm-hmm. And I started with the Western gorillas and I love that. I mean, that's where I began. I love those guys. They taught me everything I know. And then I was a bit of a traitor and I went over to the mountain gorillas. Mm-hmm. Um, the mountain gorillas are like fluffier and they're a little bit bigger and they're the ones most people have heard of. So I think of them as like the popular gorillas. I feel bad for abandoning the Western gorillas, which I also love, um, but I love them both. I, I, I can't choose. Don't make me choose.
2: <laughs> you don't have to. That's completely <laughs> that's completely fine. Um, Here are the two... Oh, I'm in the way. I'm trying to show a picture of what we're talking about here. Very cool. Oh, they are fluffy.
1: <laughs> They're that's so cool. fluffy. Like, insanely fluffy.
2: Do they differ in yeah, size, that was or, like, yeah. or are they about the same? it Do they differ in size, or are they about the same size?
3: Yeah, so mountain gorillas are a little bit bigger. Okay. Um, and they're massive like I forget every time I go and I see them and I'm like whoa they're really big (laughs) and I went with like a tourist group the other day and they were like you study these guys you know they're big and I was like yeah but
2: I forget they're just so big how what's a good size comparison or how much do they weigh do you know I think it's 300 kilograms so I think it's like 500
3: pounds is really
2: that's a lot and like muscular too more, like <laughs> yeah. Large. yeah yeah that's well the that's the
3: thing. thing they're like the same height as me when they're when they're like on their legs mm-hmm. on their front legs but they're like also about four times as wide
2: right
1: um, yeah like the adult males they're that's, just crazy that is crazy let's see what we got okay
2: that was one of the questions um Okay, so this is kind of a broad question, um, but Bertel asked, how do most gorillas communicate with each other? It's a big question.
3: No, that's a great question.
2: Um, So they're pretty
3: vocal. They make a lot of noises. Okay. Um, One of the reasons like that is what they rely on is because a lot of them are in really dense forest and they're also in these quite big groups. So they live in these groups of maybe like 10 to 20, but they can be up to kind of 40 50 even 65 is the largest gorilla group we've ever ever seen ever observed and they all move together basically Mm -hmm. so they're trying to kind of stay in contact the whole time and they're moving around together in this really dense forest and so you can't really rely on things like just seeing them all or like seeing them like do gestures or that sort of thing so they yeah so there's a lot of vocalizations okay Um, and then over big distances is the chest beat which Mm -hmm. isn't like with open open arms if you're ever wondering how to do a gorilla (laughs) chest um and that those are amazing because they can carry like two kilometers so them to communicate between different
2: groups holy cow i didn't know that
3: there's a whole range of different sounds they make Um, but yeah it's mostly mostly vocalizations
2: rigby tipped a hundred dollars uh, lactic tip $20, and yeah, okay, cool, tip $55. That's brought us over 1k to $1,120. Um, those are big donations, thank you. (laughs) Rigby with a hundred, thank you so much. Um, okay, very cool. Uh, so there have been a couple questions about, and I've lost them, um, there have been a couple questions about the Harambe incident and how it has... Um, affected people's view of gorillas? I can't find the questions themselves right now, but... um... Wait, let's see if I can. Okay, so did the Harambe stuff have a real impact on how gorillas are viewed? I don't know. I'm trying. I
3: guess it's... It kind of went both ways, right? Mm -hmm. So people went, oh, maybe gorillas are really aggressive. Maybe they could hurt a child and then other people being like why are we keeping them in zoos what are we doing Mm -hmm. um i i don't think it changed people's minds particularly i think it kind of brought it to the forefront of of what people were thinking about a bit okay Um, i hadn't
2: hadn't really thought about that question either i'd just seen it a couple times um brad thank you for the five dollars i mean in the wild so
3: working with them in the wild where they have like a lot of space one of the things I love about working with gorillas is they really tell you when they're annoyed. Like, Mm -hmm. they will go and you can clear out the way and that's fine. But, like, in a confined space, like, it is quite dangerous to have a massive gorilla.
2: A very unfortunate um, unfortunate situation there. Um, Okay, so Boreal asked, does the group have a leader and if it does, how do they decide who it is?
1: Yes. So, um
3: it is the largest male well it's the dominant male okay. which is often the largest male um so in a lot of of gorilla groups there'll just be one adult male and he is the leader and then kind of females join this specific adult male and they build their kind of family group around this male um but then in mountain gorillas you actually get multi male groups and this is cuz kind of a lot of the males reach adulthood and then they don't leave they stick around and so then you get kind of multiple males in the same group mm-hmm. and it's then about kind of who's the most dominant male and you see these kind of dominant interactions between between males where they're kind of trying to show how big and strong they are um and it's kind of whoever comes out on top but it is also about who the females want to be the leader to some right. extent so can, females can choose to leave and if there's a, a dominant male in charge that they don't like, then they're more likely to leave. So it's kind of a fine balance of, like, who does the group want, and also who's kind of the most dominant, the, the strongest. Wow. Um, yeah. And actually, one thing we found recently is is actually females tend to prefer males that are really good at caring for their offspring. So mm-hmm. it's not just the males that are kind of the biggest and the strongest, but it's also the ones that are really good at caring for baby gorillas. So that's a lot things
2: skills that's so interesting um okay another question that we have here riz had asked is there a certain age gorillas tend to stick to the ground i feel like i never see adult gorillas in trees but babies are there all the time
3: yeah and i mean it's mostly kind of the problems of gravity when you're a, right. a, a <laughs> gorilla, right so when a lot of the time when when i was working in in kind of groups what i'd see is like the young ones go up and then the dad sits at the bottom and he waits for stuff to fall down. Mm. Ah, um, but they do—they do still go up sometimes. So I've seen it a couple of times, but it'll be on like the big, strong, sturdy trees. I hope so. Right? <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, females still go up even even when they're adults. Um, so I don't think they ever stop. But it depends on the habitat, the type of trees. Um, and yeah yeah the adult males when they when they get so they get kind of they reach adulthood around about 12 and that's when they they get pretty big and I I personally wouldn't want to be under a tree that one of them was in
2: yeah no kidding I can't imagine looking <laughs> up <laughs> looking up at a gorilla in a tree above me um it is amazing though I've seen them like go sliding down yeah he's
3: like, doing that they're so like, they're so heavy but they're doing it somehow
2: But you guys never, you guys didn't have much conflict when you were doing the research between you guys and the gorillas, you kind of kept your space. Yeah, so
3: I'm not sure I understand the question. Is that like... Did
2: the gorillas gorillas mostly leave you guys alone? You just watch from afar? Like in the camp? Oh, okay.
3: So we, I mean, our goal was to kind of go and study the gorillas. So we kind of go into their space.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: And it is so so when i first started studying a group one of the jobs is to kind of try and get gorillas used to humans and that stage can be really tricky Mm -hmm. um because you you like they're letting you into their space um and so i had a couple of instances where kind of the dominant male would charge us and we go okay these gorillas aren't enjoying this today we're gonna we're gonna leave for now we'll come back tomorrow see how that goes right Mm -hmm. because you They've got to let you in. You can't force your way into right. a gorilla, right? They've got to accept you. Um, but with, with the mountain gorillas, those, those gorillas were habituated to humans, like mm-hmm. in the city. So all of those gorillas have grown up around humans and they're super, like, they're just so used to humans that if anything, we have the opposite problem where we're trying to stay kind of further back. Yeah. Um, we're kind of not invading their space and they'll just be like oh i want to go over there and you're like oh okay The <laughs> male comes right past and you're like oh no i'm trying to like climb into this tree to move
2: further away from you okay um,
3: but yeah but no like no no kind of issues of like aggression or right. like being us being in, in danger at all um like gorillas are really good at letting you know when you've annoyed them and then you can just give them their space um, Okay, well, like, that's how I found
4: it.
2: Scott, thank you for the fifty dollar donation. Um, so I think a lot of people do have the perception of of that like or that image of of aggression. Um, one of the one of the questions that was asked by Bertel was, "What are some common misconceptions about gorillas?"
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's exactly that that they're like these really kind of aggressive, dominant animals, and yeah, they are totally massive mm-hmm. for sure. But they also they're like just super chilled vegetarians, right? They live right. off, they just move around. Like yes,
2: the, people don't the think of about deck. that part very often. The
3: of day is they wake up in the morning, they walk a bit, they'll eat some food, they'll nap, they'll walk some more, and they'll nap, and then they'll eat some food, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then they find a new place to build a nest and neck, and then they go to bed. And like 99% of their day is just like napping and walking and sleeping and feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, then sometimes really rarely they'll get aggressive but it's it's yeah they're mostly incredibly chilled out and even when so once i got i got charged by a dominant male because he i don't know his family got annoyed i think we were maybe too close maybe he needed a bit more space uh-huh. but he charged and then and i was terrified because that was the closest like it's the most aggression i'd ever had from kind of a, a gorilla before and i was like oh no just super angry and then he just walked off like two meters sat down and started munching which Was just like yeah i've shown you now you're gonna back away and it's like immediately super right. chilled munching away oh God, having gosh. a nap right next to us and we're like okay so it was just a warning just like keeping us on our toes maybe it's okay jeez
2: but, that's terrifying when they're angry they're
3: like a minute away from being chilled out again and just
2: so speaking of them eating ad holland had asked what is an what's in an average gorilla diet
3: uh a lot of a lot of leaves yeah. a lot of leaves um so mountain gorillas rely much more on leaves than fruit so they eat like basically just kind of stems a little bit of bamboo um yeah and a lot of leaves and then Western gorillas eat a lot more fruit, so they'll have all these different types of fruit that they're also eating. But again, they also like the kind of the backup option is kind of leaves, um, a lot of leaves. Some ants, they might, really, they might make- I didn't know that. But that's about yeah, and and roots in that one mm. one population I studied.
1: That's right, very
3: um, But it's mostly leaves. They're basically yeah vegetarians. Um, and they eat some ants. Okay
2: not a lot not a lot um okay so there are two interesting questions here but i don't have a very good segue but i'm just gonna ignore that i don't have a good segue and ask them. <laughs> um mulch mulch asks can gorillas really use sign language or is that a scam oh
3: i mean that <laughs> that is a long debate um i they can definitely learn it
1: right. that's for sure mm-hmm. but
3: like the debate is really around like what their thought processes are behind it when they use it like do they have they learned that like they do these signs and then they'll get food right or do they really understand the the like words they're forming when they make the gestures and I I'm not an expert in it mm-hmm. and it's fascinating like you can see but I mean watch I've definitely gone down a whole load of like YouTube holes looking at all these different videos trying to figure it out and it's so hard and it just it goes into that whole area of of science where we'll really never know what another animal is thinking or even what another human is really thinking
2: Mm -hmm.
3: like we can never know for sure so you can
2: think about it all day (laughs) whoever asked that question there you go just Think about it all day. I've I've uh, yeah. talked about that on stream sometimes with uh, parrots. I I worked at a parrot sanctuary yeah. and the amount that they talk and whether it's like they know what they're saying or if it's just because they've seen people say it yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: African parrots are incredible. Oh my gosh. I, they're amazing. Yeah. I feel like maybe they
2: do. I just, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I told, I told my stream this story one time of when I was working there and we had an Amazon parrot and I asked if he wanted to go outside because we bring them to outside perches. And he said, no. And I was like, why? And he said, it's cold out there. And I was like, Uh, you're right. <laughs> you're right, it is cold out there. But that was like the weirdest experience I've had with, with animal language by far. Yeah, and then you're like, maybe they
3: maybe they just got lucky. And like, it's the one thing that I remember. Or maybe right. they really-
2: Yeah, it totally could be like staff has gone in there and they're like, you want to go outside? It's kind of cold. Like It's cold outside, like that kind of thing. But it was bizarre. that's a good question I wish I knew (laughs) Um, Tyron thank you for the $75 bottle string with $3 Um, we're at $1,253 and one cent (laughs) so (laughs) thank you so much Um, okay and then the second interesting question we had our last podcast was with an anti-poaching manager in South Africa Um, so we talked about poaching a little bit last week but the question that Roasted us was why are gorillas even poached
3: yeah, I mean, they used to be poached for people were trying to get them kind of for the pet trade and for zoos, and then there was this really kind of grim fashion of having like gorillas' hands as ashtrays. Ew!
2: What I've never uh, heard of that. That's
3: horrible. Yeah, it's it's not very nice. Um, but nowadays, it's not so much direct poaching on the gorillas. Mm-hmm. So. M- Basically, everywhere I've worked, it's not people going in the forest trying to shoot gorillas, it's people going in the forest to try and shoot other things, so like trying to kind of get, get um, maybe some monkeys, that sort of thing, and yeah. then kind of in gorillas getting in the way and getting caught up in it, and then kind of having, having these aggressive interactions with poachers who are kind of shooting guns, and they're yeah. kind of protecting their family. That can be really problematic and then the other thing is snares so these kind of like wire um, traps that people use in the forest to catch like antelope little deer um, other things but then gorillas then get caught in them so they can get like a hand or their foot stuck in it yes so you, I can uh, often in the camera traps we'll see kind of uh, leopards or, or gorillas that have lost kind of a hand or a foot from, from these snares, but also those wounds can get infected, um and gorillas can die that way um so it's not people kind of directly trying to kill the gorillas, mm-hmm. but it's it's still really, really dangerous for them, and that's kind of the big poaching problem that we still have, um, yeah, so poaching
2: though, for like snares or for smaller bush meat then or, or yeah okay and then yeah so,
3: yeah and like little little dikers
1: um yeah, awesome. basically.
2: Koopa, thank you for the $50 donation. Um, Okay, and then Impact asked, how do gorillas mourn the death of other gorillas? That one
3: is also really interesting. Um, And we found they did did a study on this kind of in the last few years, and there's only maybe kind of six incidents that, that we've actually seen well, we, what we see is the kind of gorillas will go and they'll kind of sit around and watch
4: mm-hmm. and they'll
3: be inquisitive and that is actually a really big problem too is that they'll kind of a lot of them will kind of touch the body to see what's kind of what's going on and so if that that other gorillas died from something infectious then that's really dangerous and right for the gorillas if they were less inquisitive because then they wouldn't might not get infected um mm-hmm. Do I mean there's something going on and again it's this idea like we don't know if they're mourning the dead because right. we don't know what's going on inside their head but right. we do know that they are kind of inquisitive and they are looking at it um, at, at like a, if they find another gorilla that's died and when, when the gorilla dies within kind of within their group we've seen kind of some of those individuals will be really kind of lethargic and really kind of what appears to us as really sad for you know some days afterwards But again it, it's so hard to know like what that's really what that's really about and what's going on in their heads but there's there's definitely something going on
2: for yeah sure. that reminded me I I was interested when I was looking at your research earlier um one of the things that so I I do wildlife rehab um one of the things that we struggle with a lot um is that is like people anthropomorphizing animals you know And like finding Mm -hmm. like a a baby bird or something that's totally fine, but they're like, it's an orphan, you know, like where it's parents, it's parents don't care about it, that kind of thing. But in your research, you walk a really interesting line of like comparing. Um, So is that like a lens that you encourage? Does that help you to to do your research? Or is that something you try to avoid?
3: Yeah, that's such a good question. And it is, it's like a really fine balance. So I think in science, we have this like one extreme where we're trying, hard not to anthropomorphize let me
2: sorry um anthropomorphizing i think we've talked about it before but just to clarify if you don't know what we're talking about it's like like projecting like human emotions on animals yes that's where we are okay sorry
4: Yeah. yeah
3: no that's perfect perfect explanation so we're trying not to do that right but at the same time when we're studying apes and other primates we're actually really similar right so if you look at kind of evolutionary history we've got like three and a half billion years of life on earth and humans and gorillas have only been separate for like nine million years of that Mm -hmm. so there's all of this time where we've been evolving together and so we're actually really really similar and so if it's kind of like if you think about how good is a gorilla at hearing? Well, we're really closely related to gorillas, and so their level of hearing is probably about the same as ours, unless that's something that's kind of changed really rapidly mm-hmm. in the last few million years. Right. And so, again, when we look at kind of what humans are like in this situation, and we can kind of compare to what gorilla what's happening in gorillas, we don't want to anthropomorphize, and yet also if we're kind of trying. Specifically saying, well, that's in humans; it can't possibly be in gorillas. Then we're ignoring all of that time that we've been evolving together. So right. it's yeah. yeah, it's really yeah. You, I have to be really careful, and we all yeah, it's difficult for sure. Oh, um, that's
2: super interesting. Um, pasty tip twenty dollars. Danny with ten dollars and ninety seven cents. Um, that maybe we have time for one more question here. Um, Hmm. Taren asked, "Is Colton mining still an issue when it comes to gorilla killings in the Congo? Or do you know anything about that situation?" I do not.
3: Yes, yeah, so it is still a problem um, for kind of habitat. So basically, uh, Colton, which is in phones, I don't, I actually don't know this in much detail. But mm-hmm. um, one of the things that's mined to make smartphones. Um, and it's in gorilla habitat. And so in order to get to it, they've got to destroy a whole bunch of gorilla habitat in order to get the Colton out, in order to make our smartphones. Um, yes, it is still a big problem in terms of kind of gorilla habitat. Um, and some of the best things you can do are just kind of recycling your phones and making sure you don't buy more phones than you need. Don't buy a phone if you don't need one. Um,
2: but yeah, it is still a problem. I didn't know about that. Thank you for asking that question. Um, that's, that's cool. Um, okay, you guys asked so many questions. We got to more than I expected, um, honestly. So thank you. Thank you for going through those with me, um, even if it kind of like bounced around a little bit. Uh, that but amazing. that was really Excellent neat. Question. Tipsy with $20, Patience with $5. So that's brought us to $1,358.98 um, today for the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund. Um, thank you so much for your time and for coming on and for your enthusiasm. That was so cool. There's thank so much you, thank learn. you so much for having me on. This of course. So Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we close up?
3: Oh, I don't know. No, I think I think you have said many, many things about gorillas. So. Okay. So, thank you so much for listening.
2: Great. Um, you guys can do command guest if you want to follow Robin's socials. Um, you can do command org if you want to check out the website. Um, and where these donations are going today. But I will send you some analytics after the stream so you can see like a little, like the numbers and and the reach and stuff like that. Um, and I will give you the final, the final donation amount at the end of the stream here. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much again. This is awesome. I appreciate it a lot. Oh, Thank you. Okay. I'll talk with you soon. Bye.
1: Bye. She's awesome. She's so
2: nice. Dobbin's nice. Thank you. Um, that was one of the, yeah, she was a really, really good guest. Um, super enthusiastic, super knowledgeable. Thank you for all the questions. Um, really good questions as always. Uh, it it took me a little while to go through them, um, and find the right ones. I'm still working on better segues (laughs) to, to go from question to question, but it's hard because I obviously can't do any planning for that, you know? Um, but anyway. Thank you for uh thank you for that and thank you for the insane amount of donations $1358 today are you kidding and I said it last time too it's crazy how many different people donate like i know there are like $100 donations but there are so many people that donate um so thank you so much that's huge it's so cool um and this podcast felt short it did feel kind of short didn't it Um, I think maybe because of the two intro videos. Yes, Dobbins. Good. Um, it may have been... Yeah, it may just be because the intro was long. But actually, the intro wasn't that long because I call them... I call them 10 to 15 minutes after the hour, and for her it was like 16 minutes after the hour. So it actually was like kind of the same. It Maybe it felt shorter because we talked about the pictures for a while and it
1: was less questions I don't know um
2: podcasts used to be longer yes they did um however ape gang with five dollars dab with a tier one thank you um I I find that a 45 minute conversation at the beginning when I did the podcast like when it's with a friend or with when it's with like Connor or Dobbins or whatever, or people that are on stream, they're used to sitting on stream to do like a three hour podcast and just like to chill and talk for that long. But people that like aren't live streamers and like normal people that have normal jobs, to ask them to do an interview that lasts longer than an hour is quite a lot. Um, Patience, thank you for the dollar and cent. So I I make the podcast an hour because uh, that is what's reasonable um, for my guests. Not because I feel like that's a good amount of time. Because honestly, they could go longer, but, um... Yeah, that's- that's why I do an hour, and that's why I'm also really strict about when I stop and when I- when I start and when I stop, just for the guests, right? Uh, Rowdy, thank you for the $16. Okay. We have a quiz. True, way less ranting. Yeah, it's- uh, it's also a lot- Danny's right, it's a lot- I think it was Danny's It's a lot of information to digest that too. Um, so it being like three hours is,
1: you know, is a lot. Stream manager.
2: Okay. So quiz. Chuck has written the questions. Um, I have questions.
1: Shut up, Dolphins. I have questions for you guys before I write the questions. About the questions.
2: That wasn't me. Dot. wait, what did you say? Maybe I misread. I'm not gonna go back. Okay. (laughs) Question marks. Yeah. Okay. So I have questions about the quiz. One, um, do you want me to read the question out loud before it pops up? Cause it, you have 20 seconds to answer it. Okay. I will try to read the question out loud before it pops up. Second, um, I think I know the answer to this, but you want us to avoid the the double negatives, right? Avoid the questions that, like, which one is not.
1: Yes. Okay. And units.
2: Um, if we have a question with units, do you want me to... That's not a double net. I knew you were going to come at me for that. I knew when I said it, I was like, that's, I, I'm misusing that term, and I was like, Dobbin's gonna say something. I literally knew it, you're so annoying. <sighs> okay. When it comes to units, should I write, like, if it's, like, acres and hectares, should I just put both?
1: Or if it's, like, use real units only, you want me to use metrics? I just put what the guest
2: said. Okay, we'll do that. We don't have questions with units that often anyway. So we'll just do what the guests use. So if they use metric, metric, if they're US and they say something in inches, then we'll use inches. Cool. All right. For Dobbins, all of these questions will be double negative. (coughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Which one of these is not, 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 not correct. Okay. So, the way the quiz works, I'll go over it uh, again. Five questions, 20 seconds per question. I will... um, I will read the questions before they pop up. Um, if you are not a sub to my channel, if you win the quiz, I will gift you a sub to my channel. Honestly, somebody else probably will, and then you'll get a sub somewhere else anyway. If you are already sub to my channel, then I will gift you a sub to a channel of your choice, or I'll donate an additional $5 to uh, the Dan Fosse Gorilla Fund, which, again, I'm so happy that the donations are insane this week because uh, it's just a really, really good organization. Um, so. Thank you for that. Okay, give me a couple minutes to create the quiz. The questions are already written. It shouldn't take me more than the length of the intro song, but give me the length of the intro song. I will be back in two seconds. You need to manage access. You need to allow access if you participate in the quiz so that I can see your username. Because if you don't, then it'll just show me contestant number, whatever, and then I, uh... I won't. You won't be able to win because I won't know who you are. Understand? No, he didn't. Alright, holy moly, Rowdy with $16, Lots with $50, Yo with $3, this brought us to $1,434.01, thank you so much, alright,
1: are you ready for the quiz? How do I... Save quiz. No, did you take notes? They're all not questions. Think of the five months. Okay, here we go. Manage access, are you prepared? Allow access. Okay, the first question, I don't know how fast this here. How do I do this? How am I gonna do this? Okay, sending the rules to you guys. Here we go.
2: The first question, I'm gonna say it now, but it may be too early. The first question is According to Dr. Morrison, how many Brower
1: gorillas are left?
2: Is it 200, about 200? Is it about 10,000? Is it about 4,000? Or are they extinct? Do we get banned if we do bad?
1: Yes. Okay. The correct answer is about 4,000. I hope they never go extinct. Me too, space. Well done, 210 of you. 111 guessed about 200. I'm glad you're wrong. (laughs) Okay, but who got that right the fastest? q rack, crass. And then shiitatsu and then side ramen. Well done. Okay, the next question is how many subspecies of gorillas are there? Are there 20? Are
2: there 100? Are there 4? Or are there 12? Name them all, chat. Bonus question. You get
1: no points. Western. Mountain. Okay, Dobbins.
2: Dobbins, you're a professor that's cheating. (laughs) Western, Lowland, Eastern Mountain, Trainwrex TV. Charging battery. Oh my god, why? Okay. The correct answer is four hundred and sixty-nine of you got that correct, well done. A professor that always loses the quizzes to Squid. Yeah, well. Oh, Squid. Squid, there's so much pressure now, I feel like, it's, I feel like you're choking because there's too much pressure, I'm sorry. Who got that right the fastest? Zast, and then Ranger. Well done. Who's in the lead?
1: Shitatsu. Nice.
2: Next question is How many? Wait, no, I'm sorry. What species of gorilla is only found in the Democratic Republic of Congo? Is it the lowland gorilla? Is it the mountain gorilla? The growers? Or the cross river?
1: That's a tough one. I forgot that one when I was pasting it in there. I was like, damn, I don't actually remember. I guess. The correct answer is grower. If you got it right, say me smile.
2: Ah, my- 124 people said grower and 124 people said mountain. Damn. That's a tough question. I think that's the hardest question we have. Um, the next question- no, who got it right?
1: User. Okay. In the lead is. Do-
2: <sighs> Look, Dobbins has an advantage given that he's been out there studying these gorillas. He's got. <laughs> he's fucking. He, oh, he's freaking. Smurfing. The next question is. What interesting way can studying animal behavior be used for conservation? Does that question make sense? Why is studying gorilla behavior important for conservation? That was the way the question- here, okay, does that make sense? Remember when I asked her? That's better, okay. Why do people study gorilla conservation- How or no, why do people study gorilla behavior? Why is that important for conservation? Does it help them to understand human behavior? Does that help gorilla conservation? Does it help them to predict disease outbreaks? Become (laughs) omniscient? Or is studying animal behavior not useful for conservation?
1: The correct answer is that it can help them predict disease outbreaks. Who got that right the fastest? Oh.
2: Okay, this one's kind of tough because studying studying gorilla social behavior can help us to understand human behavior, um, but that's not one of the reasons that they study it for conservation. Doesn't help gorilla conservation. Who wrote these? I approved them. How about that? The scores. Poey is in the lead.
1: Dobbins is still in the lead.
2: Somehow. Last question. Can someone pull ahead of Dobbins? The last question is, what is the most common food that mountain gorillas eat? Is it fish?
1: Is it pizza? Is it leaves? Is it rodents? Big time, Danny. Well done. The correct answer is leaves. Holy moly. Nice. Dobbins is out. He said pizza. The 352 people got leaves. Who won the quiz today? Dobbins. Dobbins won the quiz. Alright, what do you want, Dobbins?
2: Rigged? Dobbins is a quantitative ecologist who has been out there studying, <laughs> studying these studying gorillas. He studies gorillas. He has done camera traps, community event, <laughs> it's rigged. rigged! Okay, I can't see what Dobbins wants though, what do you- what do you want? You want a gifted sub to somebody else or you want another five dollars to, uh...
1: The The organization, oh my God, Chat! This actually looks like Mrs. Chat. I can't do it, oh my God, Dobbins, thank you.
2: Oh my, I was about to, I was not going to read to you what he said. He said, Dobbin said, F the gorillas, hit me up with that pokey sub. And then he said, JK, give it to the gorillas. Locke, can you add an additional $5 (laughs) to, uh, to, um, to the donation (laughs) bar? Thank you. Um, all right. Well done on the quiz today. Uh Cal, I don't owe you anything.
1: What do I owe you for? Zeusing? You didn't Zeus anybody. You Zeus your own teammate, it doesn't count. Is that owl or whatever still alive still? Okay. So
2: Decent questions this week, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck, for the questions today. Um, thank you for your help with that. I really appreciate it. It's a lot to juggle. I love having one thing less to juggle um, during the podcast. Thank you, uh, Will, for making the intro screen. It's very, very nice today. Look at look at it. Look how pretty it is. Ooh, gorillas. Um, thank you, Locke, for, um, for the stream element stuff, as always. Appreciate it. And thank you, all of you, for your donations. Um, one question was It's tough to write five good questions, okay? So, be kind. But they are good questions. I like the quiz; It's a good time. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is, Riz. I was getting there. Um, I have a red tail right now, um, that I don't know if I want to show you yet. Um... I'll, I'll- look at her. Um, I have a redtail, uh, from the rehab center, who came in because she got hit by a car, and then she got attacked by a dog when she was on the ground in shock from the head trauma. Um, rough day. So, she's not in good shape. Um, at all. Uh, she doesn't have anything broken and there are no open wounds. Um, But she's just got really, really bad head and neck trauma. So she's on, she got pain meds, now she's on an anti-inflammatory, and I'm tubing her um, every two to four hours. Uh, But I tubed her this morning, and she wasn't digesting. Yesterday I tubed her, and um, she threw it up, which is not good for birds. Um, So I moved away from the formula and just tube Pedialyte, and she was able to keep that down. Um, she was able to keep down what I tubed last night and there was a little bit of formula in there. Uh, so that was good, but this morning she's not digesting again. Um, so let me look at her and see if I can show you her. I don't know. She's not in good shape, and I, I honestly like her her chances are very low. To be honest, the only reason that I brought her home is because we had to tube bean when he came in. Um he was weak to the point where we didn't have to use gloves to handle him because he was like Basically, dead weight. Like, he wasn't trying to foot at all. He couldn't. Um, and we tubed him for about a week. Uh, and obviously, you guys know uh, what happened with Bean. When I went to work the other day, they were going to euthanize her. Um, and I figured she isn't. I mean, Bean was kind of like this, and I tubed. So, like, maybe that's why I took her home. But she is worse off than he was. So, I'm, I'm not very confident prognosis is not good, but let me look at it and see if I can show you guys. So I'm gonna have to tube um I'm gonna have to tube right when I get off anyway. Doesn't look very good. Um, she's she was kind of in the middle of a molt, so you can see her tail's pretty uneven. Um, you can see her molt and the tail feathers under. But she's just super super weak. Um, I've been tubing her when her crop is empty, but she's just not digesting. Like I tubed her the last time I tubed her was at ten. Um, and her crop is still kind of full. She's got, uh, um, her eye is swollen on this side, so she can't fully open this eye. Um, but, yeah. So, I'm just hoping that she keeps down what I tube this morning. Sky, thank you. Um, and then I'll be able to tube her in, like, a couple hours. Um, but,
1: I, I don't know, um,
2: yeah, I don't know, it makes me super sad, so.
1: It's, it's been tough having her here, because of the shape that she's in. I'll keep you guys
2: posted. We'll see. Um, There's one other thing that I'd like to share with you before I get off today. Um, This is, uh, if you remember Lizzie Daly, she was a guest on the podcast. Um, She is the BBC videographer. Um, You remember? That. Remember her? Very nice. Very nice lady. Um, so she's been sharing this petition. Um, it is a petition to stop the import of shark fins in the UK. And they need 100,000 signatures by the 11th of September. It is getting up there. Um, you're only allowed to sign it. It has 72,000 signatures. You're only allowed to sign it if you're a citizen of the UK, uh, but if you are, here's the link. Um, if you'd be willing to sign that, that would be wonderful. Um, go to Lizzie's page if you want more information about about this petition, but essentially there's a loophole where you can import like a lot of shark fins into the UK, and we talked about sharks with uh, Dr. David Shipman a while ago. We'll talk about them again soon. Spoiler. Um, and the shark conservation crisis is one of, like, is one of the biggest, what, what was the word that he used? It's one of the most devastating, like, conservation crises that, that just nobody knows about. Sharks are really, really struggling, so this, this is really important. If you're willing to sign that, please do. Um, and I think that's it for today. Wait.
1: Wait. I didn't see that he did this. That's so nice. That's going to look like a... I'm going to put a normal heart on it later because it's going to look like a less than three. Okay.
2: Thank you. Huh? Won't it show up as a less than three or will it become a heart if I put it... Because there's, like, an emoji heart that's, like, the shiny one, and then there's the, like, weird one. Yes, but it's a heart still. Okay, I'll just do it. Less than three. Don't worry about it. Um, that's really nice. I didn't see that he did that. Did I just? No, I did. Twitter is so confusing. That was a tier three sub. I know. I saw that. Um, Sky, thank you for the tier three. Great stream. Thanks for the donos. great org. Yeah, for sure, Dobbins, thank you for, uh, thank you for introducing her to me, she was wonderful.
1: Um, um, thank you for that, so. Okay.
2: Now's not the time, Riz. Outro,
1: outro, 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 outro,
4: outro.
1: Okay. I started in- I'm live. Oh, you're not done with the podcast?
2: Not quite. I'm just playing my outro.
1: Oh, okay. Alright, call me when you're done.
2: Okay, bye.
1: Wait, you want something cool? You're on speaker? Yeah, you want something cool?
2: Sure. Don't swear.
1: Right here. I know that. Is that sick? Yeah. He, and he just threw away, uh, about, f- like, 50% of our fridge, because it was about 50% mold.
2: Gotta love Simply.
1: Yep, he just cleaned our entire fridge, because he's like, this place is disgusting, and you guys live like flops, so. <laughs>
2: love that. Okay.
1: Alright, bye. Bye. Um. Great. Alright.
2: Um. Imagine leaving Sip Mom for me. Thank you for watching today—oh, hi, Gabby. We're so excited that he's back. We are so excited. Um, Okay, so (laughs) thank you guys for watching today. Um, She was absolutely—aw, thanks. She was absolutely wonderful. Um, Great guest, great organization, solid podcast. Um, those of you who are here every week for the podcast, it means the freaking world, um, to me. I, I, this podcast is, like, my baby. I love it so much. So thank you, uh, for, for letting me, um, do that. Twitch is an untapped reservoir for doing good. I will see you guys on, oh, tomorrow. If there are storms tomorrow, um, if there aren't storms tomorrow, yes, tomorrow, I think I'm gonna release six cottontails, um. I have six cottontails to release and maybe a raven, depending on how the raven's doing tomorrow. He's flying like a couple inches off the ground and he's he's he just he was hit by a car, so um he's got some head trauma, but we're just waiting for him to like recuperate. Um so if the raven is good to go tomorrow then I'll do the raven, but I think I'm for sure doing the uh the six cottontails tomorrow as long as the weather allows. So I will probably see you guys tomorrow for a release stream rowdy with the $10.99 to round us off to $1,450. Thank you guys so much. I will see you tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, then I will see you on Monday.